Welcome to Player Accounts. I'm Spencer Tordoff. Some people are never quite sure what they want to do when they grow up. I'll readily admit to being one of these people. Since I've been an adult, my life has been a series of sharp left turns and a lot of me falling back on skills that I already have. But some people fixate on one thing, and there's nothing in their lives that can stop them from attaining that dream. Austin Montville is one of the latter, and he wrote a piece about making games and whether or not that's of value in today's society. Though I'm fortunate enough to choose how I spend my time, I often wonder if I'm spending it wisely. I could have studied medicine to become a doctor or scientist and help save lives. I could have traveled the world, working to establish fair governments, or to help people find stable places to live. I could have become a teacher to ensure that the next generation is more prepared for the future than mine ever was. But I'm none of these things. Instead, I'm a game developer. My time is spent creating small experiences to be enjoyed by other privileged people. Among so many ways to change the world for the better, why am I just making games? Video games have always been a part of my life. I played my first few when I was one or two years old. Understanding how to move Mario with a Nintendo controller was never something I consciously learned, kind of like speaking English. Games are threaded throughout my life, filling every gap in space. My family was poor when I was growing up. My mother was alone, tasked with raising me and my brother. She worked multiple jobs, trying to make sure my brother and I were fed, housed, and educated. For a time, we lived off welfare. My brother and I got gifts at Christmas, but they were donations from kind-hearted community members instead of anything selected personally. Being so busy, my mother didn't have much time to spend with us, and I wouldn't know a father figure for many years. My brother, who was six years older than me, didn't want to hang around with his kid sibling, so I spent a lot of time alone, but for the company of Mario, Sonic, Solid Snake, and a whole cast of Heroes of Light. Mom never had me help her cook dinner. I didn't have a dad who could teach me to play catch, but games told me stories of success snatched from the jaws of defeat, of victories against all odds. They taught me to be independent. They rewarded my experimentation and curiosity. They showed me how to embrace failure. After all, I could always try again. I learned how to tear apart rules and systems, and how to conquer them. Those hours spent playing games would have a massive impact on how I viewed the world, although I didn't realize it at the time. While the career aspirations of other kids grew from astronauts and firefighters to lawyers and doctors, I never faced any doubt. Of course I would make video games. How could I not? It was a foregone conclusion. Every time I truly considered my career, I came upon the same answer. That is, until college. And college was a great experience. Like me, many of my fellow students had been deeply affected by games. We would often ask ourselves, what is the good of pursuing this craft? We would all conclude that games made people happy, and having forms of escapism is generally beneficial to people. It was an obvious conclusion for a group of kids who all had less than desirable social lives or living situations. We all needed an escape. Creating games and offering that same escape to future generations seemed worth our time. And this was 2007, around the time that the independent gaming scene was beginning to bear fruit, gaining a wider audience thanks to platforms like Steam and Xbox Live Arcade. Games were becoming more than simple power fantasies. They made players feel empathy, sadness, regret, 
fear, a wide range of emotions previously domain to just books, film, and music. They weren't the first ones with such depth, but they're the first ones to resonate with me, the ones that inspired me. These were the games I wanted to make. I soured on the idea of copying the experiences I had as a kid, the idea of encouraging a new generation to persevere at all costs with more simple power fantasies. No, I wanted to use games to specifically show people these obstacles and allow them to explore the consequences of dealing with them. I wanted to show people what life is like for those kids. After college, I didn't work in the games industry right away. My first job was an intern at Disney Imagineering. I had no idea what Imagineer was until I had arrived in Los Angeles. I soon came to find out that there was only about 2,000 of these geniuses employed in the world, and it's actually one of the most coveted jobs in existence. It was fun. The things we did there are still some of the most challenging ideas I've worked on. For a kid who lived in nowhere northeast, it was an eye-opening experience. A much needed experience. My time there and the people I met still affect me to this day. But after a few months, the joy of landing the job, as demanded by society, wore off. I began to feel a lack of motivation. Motivation that felt limitless back in college. My personal game projects were constantly being put off to the side, and my day job left me feeling drained. I eventually came to the same conclusion I always do. I left one of the most in-demand positions in the world so I could find a way to make games. And even that didn't happen right away. I moved in with a high school friend and we worked in a cubicle farm, providing tech support with a host of coworkers that all hated being there, but detested the idea of change even more. I worked on my projects during the evening, but it just wasn't enough. Before too long, I quit so I could volunteer at the Game Developers Conference. During a party at GDC, I met the contact who would lead me to my first industry job. Within two months, I was a junior designer at Tagged, a San Francisco company who was developing games which actually encouraged people to become friends through their mechanics. Not only was I making games, but I was making ones that would have a real impact on people's lives. But even during this job, I had my doubts. As the team struggled to get a return on investment, the goal shifted from making friends to making money. Understandably so, as we had bills to pay and employees too. But the day-to-day -day tasks lost their value in this shift. I would get fed up with discussing our tutorial funnel, retention, monetization strategies. We focused on taking advantage of anyone willing to throw away thousands of dollars a month, or whales as they're called. Each day I'd tinker with the game's UI, trying to figure out how I could convince a player to notice one button over another. It was during these times that I would question, what the hell was it exactly that I was doing? Why was I not devoting myself to science and curing diseases or exploring the meaning of the universe? With advancements in cancer cures and the discovery of the Higgs boson making headlines, I wondered to myself, why am I wasting my life on this? During this time, I shared my frustrations with a visiting friend. He had just come back from a trip to Hawaii, and his advice reflected his visit. You could totally move to Hawaii and make your own gains, he said. He talked about how it would be a perfect environment for working, and that I could go swimming anytime I needed a break. Although I didn't end up in Hawaii, it was that conversation that planted the seed and made me truly think about going my own path. I'd have to save up for a certain amount of time, move to a more affordable location, and have something of quality to make. Fortunately, I was inspired the next month and prototyped an idea in just nine hours. I happened to have some friends around at the time as I compiled the first build, and so I had them try it out, and they played it for over an hour and a half. In terms of development time, that's a fairly impressive return on investment. 
After showing the game around, I became convinced that I had made something of value. So during the day, I'd work my industry job, saving about half my income. Well, at night, I'd be working on my company, building the foundations. I left my job at the end of that year. It would be great to have some revelatory moment in this story. The kind of moment where, in a film adaptation, the music would swell, and the camera would pan as I had my epiphany. But that's rarely how life goes. When you learn something, even if there is a moment of sudden realization, it is often after months or years of approaching the concept from different angles. A series of events that allows your mind to solidify a connection between all of them and understand something fundamentally. And that is how I gain the confidence I have now in my own work. People have told me how games were the only salvation in their lives. I know entire circles of friends, clubs, conventions, roommates, companies, even marriages formed through the common understanding of a game's rule set. Games don't feed us or prevent us from becoming physically ill. They don't rescue people from burning buildings, and they aren't the best tools for discovering the laws of our universe. They are a medium born of privilege, from comfort and convenience. But when society reaches that level of privilege, there are still problems. Crime, anger, depression, anxiety, mistrust, among so many other social problems. Video games, like any other medium, are a method that allows us to explore the dynamics of these issues, and I think they're the best medium for us to do so. Where books and films can describe and illustrate, only games let you experience. They allow the player to make mistakes, suffer consequences, and most importantly, teach them to become a more competent member of society. They encourage and embolden people, people who may go on to cure diseases and solve crises. Games are seeds of ideas, seeds that once planted in people's minds can grow into knowledge of self and society. I believe games have the power to bring harmony to whole cultures through empathy and experimentation, to spawn understanding by literally taking a walk in someone else's shoes. Perhaps, most importantly, I know what games meant to one poor boy. His father absent, his mother overwhelmed, with no one to tell him right from wrong. And I know that, with their help, he grew into someone his friends like to call relentlessly optimistic. We shouldn't all be making games, but I am. And as I work to make pixels move around on a screen, maybe I'll spread some of that optimism onto you. Player Accounts is produced by Spencer Tordoff. The words and voice you heard this episode belong to Austin Montville. You can find him on Twitter at PIIDX or at his development house's website, TOODX.com. If you have feedback, ideas for the show, a pitch for a story, or if you just want to say hi, check us out at our website, playeraccounts.net, or check out our Facebook page. Just search Player Accounts, and, uh, well, it's the only thing that pops up. Thanks for listening. <laughs>